0: Thank you, uh, everybody, for your time this evening. We wanted to um, walk you through the project, introduce you to kind of what we plan to do with this, um, formerly known as the Medford Theater, or the Dyer Building, uh, built in 1915. Um, we'll come back to this in a second, but I want to kind of walk you through the, from, from a broad uh, planning level, what we intend to do with the project. Across the top of the sheet here, the screen here, you would see um, Salem Street, uh, the building, the building is the five shi- five sided, um, light gray shape here. Uh, you can see my mouse. All right. Yes, we can. Okay. The, there is an existing driveway, which, uh, narrows down to about nine feet right here. And through that driveway, there are ex- an existing, uh, approximately 22 spaces back here, although they vary in width and they've, they've kind of, um, Mashed together to, in, in the current condition, but um, the building is entered. the The parking is entered through the side. The building is entered currently through three um, uh, retail entrances uh, directly off of Salem Street. As as it stands today, the proposal for the project would be to um, consolidate the the retail entrances. Uh, to the center here. And to add a portion uh, approximately 20 feet deep at the rear of the property where we would add a residential lobby and we would add a few of the uh, storage and, and bikes parking areas that, and a little bit of mechanical space that would be uh, desirable to have on the first floor um, and, and more accessible. Uh, so uh, a resident or guest would drive down this narrowish parkway, uh, narrowish driveway on the right side of the building and park in what will now be um, 18 uh, parking spaces, one of which will be ADA uh, accessible and the other um, 17 will be uh, at city standard um,
1: dimensions.
0: There's also a pedestrian walk which would come along the other side of the building. Uh, This is property that, that uh is owned currently and it it is currently a sidewalk but we would um spruce it up to make it more of a patio feel try and make it welcoming to bring people along this side of the property and into the back of the uh, um the back of the building where the residential lobby would have uh, its its uh, entrance there is a uh, portion of the property here that we want to open up as kind of a little bit of a um plaza space uh, a little bit of greenery and and uh, a hardscape. Um, there are a handful of um, life safety and safety issues that uh, kind of I think are, have been critically discussed and I want to kind of point out. Um, for example, there is an existing eight, 8 foot 10 inch high retaining wall in the rear here. We intend to keep that as it is. We intend to use some of these green spaces here for kind of snow storage and melting. Um, uh, during the regular uh, processes, um, they we're proposing a fire hydrant back here, which has been a request that would help in, in safety of the uh, upgraded building. Uh, there was a lot of concern about uh, pedestrians coming across here, and we completely appreciate that. And would Would hope that um, both switching this to a residential building would reduce the uh, kind of inflow of and outflow of uh, vehicles, but also we'd look to add. Um, signage which would help people under people recognize when cars are coming down the driveway um, and and help them to not be kind of surprised by it because this is uh, about nine feet wide Um, there uh, on the left here we broke down the um
1: the
0: um, c1 zoning requirements uh what the existing building is and what is proposed to be changed to um you You see that the the parking, the lot depth, the max uh, and minimum coverage. Um, Most of these, uh, you know, they're they're being shifted by this um, this addition here. We also broke down the commercial spaces, and we can get into those in in depth. But uh, the commercial spaces on the first floor are going to remain largely the same, and we'll see that in in the next slide. This is uh, kind of stepping back to note that um, there, this is largely, this section of, of Salem Street is largely um, retail and office space, but there are some uh, other residential buildings and our, our building is here in the center. Uh, these are, are to, sh- to highlight the existing condition. As you can see, the building um, still retains much of its original detail. Uh, the marquee has been removed um, some of these uh, storefronts have been infilled a little bit uh, and then there was an addition here at the um, third level which enclosed an area that is um, kind of a, a, um, an outdoor space that uh, originally was kind of parapet space but has been enclosed by this um, uh, black wood frame construction that we would be removing as part of our kind of revitalization of the project um going back to the site plan for just a just a moment uh we want to talk about kind of uh, our opportunity to introduce some green space back here a lot of our neighbors have a little bit of green space on the sides and we want to uh, respect that and and in for our residents um, try and dress up this uh, rear parking area as much as possible so we're showing trees and um, landscaping that is fairly indigenous um, uh, very typical for the area uh, and would be more resilient um, and leaving some green space um, here that would again be uh, double as a space for snow to be kept and, uh, and melted at um, during the winter when that's necessary. One of the critical issues is definitely going to be how do we light this space to make it feel safe and how do we uh, keep it both from uh, interrupting the neighbors and uh, and making it inviting. So down this pedestrian path, we're envisioning, envisioning a, um, a strategy where we would use some lighting off of the building to make it feel warm and welcoming, um, and to some degree warm and welcoming on the driveway side. But there also, you know, safety becomes even a, becomes a little bit of a different issue. Um, We don't wanna cast too much light on our neighbors, but we do wanna kind of make sure that we make both of these sides feel very warm and inviting. And if we use the proper amount of of downlighting, we feel like we can really minimize what gets thrown onto the neighboring properties as you can see here. Uh, Looking at the ground floor plan. So this is again, Salem Street is uh, at the top of the page. And uh, there are currently three entrances to the, uh, different retail spaces, we would look to consolidate them into a a single commercial lobby as a secure, uh, more of a secure point, and then to have entrances coming to the right and to the left. Ideally, the um, Elizabeth Grady uh, Salon uh, spa that is here will remain. The H&R block office space, which is here, will remain. The empty, uh, currently empty retail space in the center will be uh, revitalized. So we would still have three separate retail spaces. Uh, What's different is that uh, this yellow box here is the extent of the addition. Uh, There would be a, again, you would come down the side here as a pedestrian or, or come and park as a driver. And there would be a residential lobby here with a new elevator to bring you up to the, to the different levels. Um, We, there would be a common trash room, a bike storage room and a, mechanical sprinkler room and there might be a little bit of additional storage space for H&R block or or you know tenant number one as they are on the left here and this breaks down the different um, the areas of the different three different uh, spaces and the lobby itself. Up above the units are fairly pretty repetitive Um, there is a three bedroom and a two bedroom and a one bedroom on each floor. Uh, On level two uh, here you you see this is the this yellow box is again the addition. Um, you would come up the elevator or the com the front common stair, or, and into a common corridor. The unit on the left here is a two uh, two bedroom family size family sized unit facing out onto um, Salem Street, and the unit on the right here is a three bedroom again living and dining facing out onto Salem Street this this particular floor which I think I believe was called uh, the lodge room um, is quite tall and so we wanted to preserve that which is um, we think is a real amenity but has very tall windows so um, we're going to keep this floor the height that it was has always been and in that space we're going to seek to see if we can introduce a little bit of an office loft up above the kitchen and the and the third bedroom, third kitchen and third bedroom here, but above the kitchen and the bathroom over here. So that is uh, an aspiration that we're still working out with the kind of overall floor to floor heights, but we have to make sure that we can provide um, code required minimum clearances. Uh, in the back here, we will we will have a, a one bedroom unit, um, which would also in uh, if everything works out, uh, ideally, would also have a small loft area above the kitchen. Um, but we, we're we going to treat this as a, a one-bedroom uh, with one-and-a-half bathrooms, living and dining, um, kind of uh, the, the one unit that would face primarily towards the parking lot. And then as, you, as we move up to the building, we're going to see the sa- similar layouts. On the third floor, you would again have a two-bedroom on the left, and the three bedroom on the right. These two units on the third floor would share uh, or would have deck space that would be um, directly off of the uh, living and dining room and will be behind the parapet. It's a, um, the, pa- the existing brick parapet, which we don't want to, we want to kind of preserve and, and not change is gonna end up being quite tall. Now, as we go into the demolition removal of this, we believe that there is additional structure that we can bring down, um, but it will be raised up a few steps from what is going on inside uh, of the unit. So we, uh, as we go through this, we're, we're gonna um, uh, reconfirm that it's about um, 16 inches above the floor, finished floor inside of here. Um, but this parapet will still be uh, well over four feet high and, and possibly as much as um, uh, possibly as much as 56 inches above the the decking, so it'll be rather tall compared to a conventional um, roof area. In the back here, we have again one bedroom unit, which would be very similar to the layout on the second floor, with the um, without uh, having a um, loft space in any of these three units. And then the fourth floor going to be similar to the unit below, except each of these units now has a uh, staircase which leads us up to a roof deck. So again, we've got a two-bedroom on the left and a three-bedroom on the right with a one-bedroom facing towards the parking lot. All three of these lead to have their own individual staircases leading up to head houses, which would lead us to What I what I like to term like private sized decks. They are uh, in the, you know, under 300 square feet. um, The size of a a living room, not necessarily the size of a a kind of party or assembly space and the intention would be that this is um, this is for private residents to enjoy, but not for them to necessarily have a be able to have a large party or gathering We broke down all of the unit sizes as well as the commercial unit um, ju- uh, on this sheet just so that people can understand roughly what they are. Uh, you see the um, three bed units uh, come in at uh, 1800, over 1800 square feet and um, over 1400 square feet over 1200 square or over 1400 square feet again quite sizable even the one bedrooms come in at um, uh, this this first one at twelve seventeen, this one at nine oh nine and nine thirty. So they're good size one bed, one and a half bath units um, that we'll be uh, bringing to the market. And then uh, the overall gross area of the building, as you can see, was uh, eleven thousand five hundred, and will be uh, brought up to close to twenty thousand square feet. So stepping back to look at the exterior of the building, um, we, uh, we've we been working or having a, some conversations with the uh, Historical Association, but we've also, uh, based on the comments that we heard in our last meeting here, spent some time um, going back and refining the design uh, so that we can get closer to kind of what the end product will be. Uh, but we're looking forward to kind of uh, working through that uh, as we go, as, as we as we talk to um, community. But in general, uh, the existing building, brick and uh, uh, and highly detailed as it will be, we'll try to restore as much as possible. And there's a, a good chance that we believe we have a lot of the the tin work for for these storefronts that we can uh, reintroduce. Um, We want to bring back a marquee similar to the 1915 uh, version of the marquee. And we want to kind of restore the details, the detailing, which some of which has has aged um, well and some has, has struggled more. Um, We, uh, we will look to um, do something on the front of the facade that is um, not that is complementary, but definitely uh, a backdrop to the uh, more detailed um, uh, and more um, and smaller scale of the brick and, and uh, coping details that uh, we're going to see up here. So we had talked about using it like a high-end um, Nichiha or seamless uh, cement fiber panel, potentially in a vertical orientation that gives us uh, a very minimal number of seams. Um, and we're kind of revisiting that and talking about whether it might be more appropriate for it to be something that is metal or uh, something that is um, uh, another material. But um, we we tend to uh, shy away from it being something that would be glossy or reflective, feeling like it, it doesn't want it, whatever uh, what we do up here does not want to call a ton of attention to itself. And so we're we're looking forward to working through that um, with, again, with the historical committee and, and comments or caveats that we receive from you uh, here. So uh, stepping over to this image, you, this is uh, largely so that we can identify that there is this deep-ish well where the third floor uh, units would walk out to, a couple of these uh, three foot wide windows would actually be doors. Um, we would, uh, and we would try to um, kind of ha- develop a consistency across this. And whether or not these two units, these two levels become very similar or they have some, you know, variation as is, uh, as is shown on the first and second floor is one of the questions we're kind of working through at this point. Uh, at the back of the building here you see uh, we would probably we we will intend to kind of to take this uh, light colored building um, down uh, all the way to the back and bring it all the way around and all the way around to the other side so that the addition does not try to does not try to mimic the existing building but but does not try and does not try to take a lot of attention away from the existing building but instead. Uh, really uh, it serves as a, a clean backdrop, uh, um, a technology you know using somewhat more um, common, more more uh, contemporary technologies in order to uh, address the the enclosure in an in a energy efficient and and economically efficient way. So there's a possibility that this would be the same material as what's going on up here. Or that we would kind of wrap the uh, more durable material to a point either here or here in order to uh, accentuate the front of the building and separate it from the back of the building. We were requested um, to it was requested that we provide some shadow studies so and we did quite a few of them Um, basically uh, this right here is looking at 9am on and I won't get, go into too much depth, but we have them all. as part of the presentation, um, say March 21st. The existing building is right here. The proposed building, which has a 20-foot addition and is one story larger, you see its shadow gets a little bit longer. You definitely see it um, at noon It's about here and over here. It's a little longer and a little deeper into the parking lot. Uh, we could go to June 21st, and you're going to see it doesn't really hit our parking lot and hits the side of the uh, Baptist Church a little bit. Um, again, similarly, uh, in the in the height of the day, it's not really um, there's been really much of a shadow from either the proposed or from the existing building. And we could do it uh, in December. We still see the extent of the proposed building, uh, kind of barely touching the, the neighbor here and the existing building, a real, it, it kind of doesn't even quite hit the um, retaining wall at the back of the property. But as I said, we have all of these in, in depth in the in the later portion, in the um, appendices, if we wanna get into them. Uh, that is the bulk of our presentation. I didn't wanna to spend too much time talking and was would prefer to spend the rest of our time uh, Answering any questions that you have.
2: Great, thank you, and thank you very much for um, for providing a set of materials that's much easier to to read and comment on. You're
3: welcome.
2: Uh, I would, although this isn't a public hearing, I, I would uh, open it up to uh, members of the public before the board starts deliberating if anybody wants to make a comment. So let me, uh, let's, let's do that. Is there anybody that would, uh, would like to say something? Just, you can raise your hand if you're on the Zoom call. Okay, I see uh, John Costas.
4: Hi, uh, John Costas, uh, 56 Haines Street, um, yeah, fifty six Street, Medford. Um, I'm a neighbor of Paul's across the street, the electronic shop, and Paul and his family has been great neighbors. i never had any issues for them, and I would, you know, 100% support whatever he wants to do um, with the changes he wants to make. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Costas. Any other comments. Okay, seeing none, let me uh, open it up for board member discussion.
4: Hi, uh, Mr. Andreasen. <laughs> uh Thank you, and I wanna thank uh, the proponent for redoing their presentation, echoing what Andre said. Much, much clearer to see and understand what you're proposing. Uh, and I thank you for that. Um, I have a couple comments and I think, um, that Eric could probably knock them off one by one. Um, after I, I finish, um, instead of going one by one and answering each. So, um, You showed a little bit about the exterior patio. Um, I think you may have included as a supplement, a drawing which shows some more detail of that. Um, But I think it'd be worth understanding exactly what you're proposing as far as uh, outdoor amenity um, for that little patio space and and how that's gonna feel. Um, This is maybe more of a general comment for um, Andre or Alicia, but um, it, it's pretty clear that they're not meeting their open space requirements. Um, and what what does that mean um, for the project going forward? It's just basically a for my edification. Um, you mentioned that uh, you would you were in discussions with the historic board. Um, are there plans for them to issue a um, any other sort of follow-up letter based on um, the uh, conversations you had with them? Um, you show in your drawings uh, some specifications for electric vehicle charging. Um, is that intended, or is that you didn't mention it in your in uh, talking through the the parking area? Um, The one item that I think I I probably take the biggest issue with is um, access and location of the trash room. Um, It seems very odd to me that residents are going to have to walk or go down the elevator with their bag of trash and then walk outside in the middle of winter at 11 p.m., when the trash fills up and, and, and go into a trash room. So I'm wondering if you could, um, it's also right at the front of the building, right where um, really the sort of exterior residential node lies. Um, follow-up question. You're mentioning fiber cement, which I think you you answered. My preliminary question was whether it was going to be uh, high density or like a, a hardy material it sounds like high density is um, on your list or some sort of um, metal panel, which I think would be a great way to do this. I, I might recommend that you do a slightly darker color to sort of tie into some more of the metal elements, perhaps the, the new canopy that you're going to build to recreate the old one. Um, the white seems a little um, like it might be a little harsh, um, but that's just a, my own, um, style question, but my bigger question is you, you mentioned, um, that the whole back, including the addition, um, starting at the ground going up would be, um, white as well. But you didn't mention whether that would be the, the fiber cement or like perhaps a, a, a tertiary material like stucco or, um, something else. Um, I was just wondering about that, and if it is fiber cement, um, just a final caution that you're showing it going right to the ground, which is um, probably not the best use of that material, and you should probably put some masonry at the ground on the back. Um, I'm assuming you're still working out the windows on the four, third and fourth floor. Um, I noticed your plan still had the big windows. So, are you doing the big ones or the small ones, or is it still still being explored? And that's it.
0: Great,
5: hey,
4: Mr. Zacherson, um, you got all that?
0: <laughs> I wrote as many notes as I could, but let me know if I. And I'm going to try and go in this in the same order, uh, but let me know if i if, if as I miss anything. Um, in the rear patio area. Uh, the the current intention is to do probably a gray paver, um, some potted plants. Uh, that particular area with or without the, the, the additions we're doing tends to be rather dark and so it's going to be a little bit of a game to try and make sure that some things can survive well in there. So um, we're not planning to do an intense amount of planting there. It'll probably be more of a uh, a hardscape with some, some potted plants and, and, um, maybe a, you know, maybe a table and chairs that kind of invites uh, people to wait outside or, or to, to congregate outside a little bit. Um, but not, uh, not like an intense seating zone and, and not necessary you know, um, and not an intense planting zone. Uh, well we have we haven't be, we haven't um, engaged the landscape architect and and put um, uh, really put that down as a design element. Um, we do not uh, uh, I believe it's my last calculation we do not meet the open space requirement um, and we would uh, currently we would be looking to get some relief on that uh, as as we go forward or Talk about increasing the size of the roof decks um, to meet that but it didn't that didn't necessarily feel like the right, um, the right approach.
4: Um, you are talking about it. Are you gonna hire a landscape architect.
0: I think, yes, we will. I I don't know enough about plants and I don't think Paul does either for us to, to, to really um, make sure that we get the right life, uh, right kind of life in the background. So, yes. Um, As far as the historic uh, uh, board, yes, we uh, sent over renderings um, pretty similar to what we are showing you today uh, here, and we received some comments from them, I believe on Friday afternoon or so. Um, Definitely, they appreciated um, uh, many of the things we've done and asked, um, in fact, asked some of the same questions that you had asked. we're definitely going with the three uh, the smaller scale um, windows that we're showing here uh, in elevation not the ones that are shown in plan um i didn't even didn't even realize till you said it that we hadn't updated the plan but the intention is to do with the smaller scale they actually also asked about the white color versus a, a lighter gray or something darker um personally like I think we can we'll we'll end up with something lighter gray since that seems to be coming from kind of everybody except me and that's that's okay <laughs> we we'll, we will do something like that um, I I had personally been trying to avoid uh, getting something that was too close to the off white of the existing building but we can there there are lots of other directions that we can go so I think that um, the majority is definitely pushing us in that direction so we will we'll look at that way. Um, They they also had some comments about the detailing of the windows and can we incorporate some of the fourth floor detailing on the third floor. So we will be looking at that with them Um, They also had comments about whether the front of the building should be a higher should be metal panel or um, uh, Well, actually they listed a handful of metal panels that could be painted um, as opposed to the high density cement fiber board and I wanted to revisit with them the idea that this would be a, um, a higher end cement fiber board that uh, we were intending to use. I personally, and we haven't talked about the back of the building, um, but I personally would love to see uh, the back of the building be a, cement, be a similar cement fiber board. You're right, it shouldn't come to the to the base. Um, that's just uh, un- unresolved detail at this point, but the, we, we will definitely, um, take into effect um, but we so we we have a kind of uh, question about the front part of the building and about the back um, there's a possibility that they'll be the same material uh, with a different jointing pattern or that um, the if the front is metal then the back would be uh, the back wouldn't be metal um, it I don't think that would be appropriate for a, such a big scale it would feel too industrial I think so we, we would kind of um, figure out the two of them hand in hand as, as we go through this um, like back room uh, yeah as I was going through this I noted that there uh, there's supposed to be a door um, uh, that these two rooms are probably uh, what sw- uh, should be switched so that the um, residents can use a door to drop things in the trash and then there, it can come out and we move the mechanical and the sprinkler over to this this corner. And um, the intention is as we kind of engineer this, we can eat into this uh, storage space on the H&R block area as we need to. Um, the, yeah, uh, the EV charging station, I have to defer to Paul Connolly. I don't uh, off the top of my head, I'm not exactly sure where that where that sits right now. So I think um, if you could let Paul, he can probably speak to
2: that. Yeah, he had his hand raised. So I don't know if Alicia, you can unmute Mr. Connolly.
0: And I'm supposed to have all the answers, but some of them. The owner, the owner has to speak to.
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, can everyone hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, I originally raised my hand. Eric actually uh, hit to the point where there would be a, a rotation on the trash in the mechanical room, um, which, because I thought that's a great point. We absolutely had addressed that uh, talking about it, and it just didn't make its way onto this particular plan. But I believe the, you know, having the trash accessible from the inside for the residents, um, as well as keeping it on an exterior wall where we will be doing a private pickup um, you know, made the most sense. So I to your point, uh, yeah, that is definitely our intention. Uh and just be a, you know, as easy as switching around the wording in a, in those three rooms there. Um and as to the based on some prior conversations that we had um regarding the you know the electric car space, uh it, it would be our intention. We're definitely open to it. There seemed to be some desire for one. Um, you know, and with nine residential units the way the world is chances are there could be somebody uh, coming into the building with you know with the use for it. Um, So it's definitely something that um, we're open to discussion on and you know open to having back there if um, if the city felt it was a benefit. Thank you.
2: I do uh, a question about the parking. Is there gonna be designated uh, retail parking spaces back there?
1: The idea, as proposed, was to have 15 of the 18 spaces we're left with um, go to the residential, to as Eric spoke to, to try and eliminate the amount of trips um, in and out of that driveway during the day when that sidewalk is most heavily trafficked. Um, and then we would have three spaces back there for the commercial that would most likely go to um, employee parking not necessarily clientele um so it would be similar fashion to the residential where it'd be one trip in one trip out and not uh, multiple in and out throughout the day if that makes uh, sense yeah great
2: um i will throw my own comments out there right now um so I, i definitely agree with what uh, Klaas Andreasen said about the front facade. I think the metal cladding that you're talking about, kind of wrapping around the historic part of the building, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the darker color would look good. The back, I'm not as concerned about. I think the, having a uh, you know a lighter color back there and the you know cement fiber is fine. But I was wondering whether it might be possible to. Um, to add usable balconies on the back for those three units that, that are back there that don't have much other space. Um, and also whether around the doors, the three doors that are in the rear, whether there could be some you know patio paver treatment around them to set them off that pedestrian area, because uh, I don't necessarily see that indicated
1: either. If, yeah to that point I think the um I think the paver idea for the back by those doors um to designate them as pedestrian friendly is a great idea, and would probably tie in nicely with the walkway and patio um, and I, I like the idea of more deck space um, off the back if um you know if it didn't create any further issue for us as far as which i don't think there's any i think we have plenty of space off the back there, so there would be no encroachment um if I'm correct on that. And, you know, it, as those have those kind of Juliet balconies there, I, if we were to be able to put full, you know, not to the degree of the third floor balcony or the roof, but to some right. sort of real deck where you could maybe get a you know, a sitting chair and take in the view of the new landscape. Uh, yeah. Definitely open to that as well.
2: Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, we've just seen how people uh, being at home so much really need to have that access to open space and air.
1: Yeah, into some of the buildings we've, um, you know, the company I work with has done and designed and built in Boston, um, have done very similar to what you're saying, like, not large by any means, but enough where, you know, a definite benefit and seem to be appreciated by the people moving in.
2: Yeah, great. That would be, that would be great. Uh, and then a I've, final question that, sorry, that I that I had was the snow, the square in the back parking area that's now for snow. Um, what is that going to look like when there's not snow stored there?
1: Sure. Um, the idea is to keep it as, you know, green space um, and to whatever um, to whatever capability, and this may be uh, when we bring in the landscape architect to help us design. The idea is to make that as pretty as possible in the non-snow season, which, you know, depending on the New England winter can be hopefully nine months um but also to, the idea was to keep it as flat as possible to allow the snow storage there but still right. having this green space
2: well one possibility that i think we saw in another project was to make it like a, a little doggy pad area so if people have pets they have a place to go with them
1: that's actually a great idea and as a owner of a impatient lab i um <laughs> i think he they would appreciate that and it's obviously a um you know, it, it takes away from them potentially doing it on the, the more common, spa- you know, patio space and stuff where exactly. it's a little nicer and draws it away, which I think is a great idea.
2: Right. And is that, uh, class? I think that was you that was going to
4: speak? Yeah, I just had a couple follow-up things. Um, I think all the answers have been great. Um, I echo what Andre says about the dog area. I think that would be a great way to sort of do – two things in, in one space. Um, I feel like, um, you should do a little more study of the bike area. It seems, um, really small. Uh, we don't have to go into detail about that. It just, um, you know, these days the, 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 uh, requirements for bike storage or, are, are um, are getting more and more. We don't quite have them in place here in Medford yet, but, um, uh, I'm certain it would be more than that for the, the amount of units you have. Um, and, um, my, I guess my last comment, if Eric, you can go to the last page. Um, so I think, you know, the original, and I understand that you're going to, um, this is probably still evolving and, and, um, you're going to be moving the doors to the, to a common center vestibule, which I think is fine. Um, but I, but I really love the look and feel of the, of the entries to the stores, um, on each side of the, uh, of the building here. And, it's, and, and even, you know, the, the glass transom up above, and I would encourage you because I saw, I think I saw a rendering. It was either on the first page or something where it looks like you're keeping the existing signage the way it is. And I would really encourage you to take a second look at that and see if there's a way that you can really bring in the sort of the the scale and proportion of these of these old storefronts and try to integrate the signage into that rather than putting them right below the windows where they are in the rendering you had on the first page. Um, whether it's taking that that glass transom panel and turning that into your signage band or somehow integrating it into the the the, the sort of sub cornice there above them. Um, I, you know, I feel like you're doing a lot of really nice work to the front of this building. So to, so to leave, you know, the signage the way it is, um, would be kind of a shame.
1: To your point, yeah. definitely open um, to that. I, am actually partial to this, to the paneling, the square paneling and detail work um, of the original building myself. I um, would like to see that uh, come back to life and like you said if we were I think from practicality to use that one common entrance to have everyone come in but to maybe have the appearance to as much as possible to the original facade Um the mimic the doorways that are there um, to a degree I think would be great and yeah I think we just put the signage up there to see see so everyone get an idea of what it looks like today but but I agree with you there as well. Um, you know, the, the idea is to restore the Dyer building to its former glory um and open to a discussion on what the best use of, you know, being able to let the businesses that are there advertise and let people know what's in there. But, you know, in a way that really reflects the character of the facade.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And Kles, I'm really glad you went back to that because that was my the final comment that I forgot to make is looking at this was I, I do love that you know, the glass transoms as well. And just those, the, and on the bottom along the sidewalk, those dark uh, rectangular panels, I yep. feel that that could really, um, you know, echo the kind of a darker metal treatment on the facade that's being built above. Um, I really like how that could, you know, incorporating those details if possible would be- it, it,
4: I, You know, I'm very, you know, this is very exciting. And and it's, it's an interesting, you know, I, I think, your idea is to replicate the canopy as it, as it once was, I think, you know, at the end of the day where that ends up, we'll see. Um, But I think my, my point is I would put the similar amount of um, passion into, into the the whole street frontage, you know, at that first floor and how that, how that works.
1: I agree with you there. And I can tell you passion is the right word for that because that's what this project is for me um I've been literally my entire life I've spent in that building um in and around it and when I was old enough to walk I was apparently old enough to be put to work there um so I would you know I really do want to come to you know get to a point where it's not just a building that gets approved it's something that you know everyone's excited about um and I know I am I'm excited to be a part of it and to you know to really you know to spearhead this and you know i'd like i'm hoping that we get to a point where everyone else is equally as excited to
4: see the finished product that's great it's an exciting project thank you
3: and i have
2: yes go ahead please just say who you are because i can't actually i don't have everybody on the screen right now
3: this is jackie Furtado, um and uh board member, vice chair, one of the things that I wanted to go back and say was I I, I wanted to reiterate what Clay said and and, and thank you for actually providing us a visual. I pretty much at our last meeting was uh, getting excited with the information that was given but one of the problems that I was having was um, it just more information needed to be articulated to make sure that we captured the essence of what your project would be and I started to go there but I have to tell you where it got me is that um, in my line of work um, going around 300 Fifty-one cities and towns in the state of Massachusetts. I review a lot of projects, development uh, projects, and it was just really hard for me to zone to zoom in, uh, do the work that we we needed your visuals to do. So I I wanted to let you know that this is a huge improvement and I extremely thank you and I am just as if not more excited about this mixed-use development, especially the fact that it's being a redeveloped uh, on a redeveloped site um, prior to state's community development principles. So um, I have nothing further to say but to express my appreciation for that.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Other other board members want to weigh in.
3: Yeah, this is Christy Dowd. I just like to say that I echo
6: all the comments. I really appreciate the great comments that Clay and Andrea provided and um, I was going thinking about a similar Line of questioning in terms of the scope of the historic restoration and and the entrances and i'm i'm glad to hear about um you know the commitment to sort of bring some of that original um, design back and i'm just very excited that this building is going to be redeveloped and really you know focusing on um, restoring this building and creating a mixed use because I think it's very important to the city of Medford in this area. So thank you very much for a great presentation and I have a much better understanding of the project. Welcome, thank you. Andre, I don't have anything different. Um, I'll just say ditto. I've always loved this building. It's one of my favorites in the square. Um, And I've often sort of just wondered as a resident, right? Like what, what could be more in this particular space? Um, so it's really exciting to see. I particularly love this picture of the building, you know, over a hundred years ago. And I think whatever can be done to preserve and resurrect some of that um, historical nature of the building would just be really cool. So this was a great presentation. Thank you.
1: Thank you,
2: wonderful. Any other board members have comments at the time?
7: Sure, Andre, I'll take a shot. It's David. Thank you, David. Um, I I won't try to retread uh, some of the great comments that we've already had and the feedback you've received tonight. Um, Just to reiterate my enthusiasm for that storefront um, to see that that is sort of brought back to its former grandeur uh, as much as possible Um, I think we're all enthused about this is the kind of project we'd like to see more and more of in Medford Square, both on the residential side, but also on the storefront. I was sort of hoping that this will be the kickoff to better things ahead for many of the other buildings in your neighborhood. Um, My one specific question, I guess, is on the patio, which to my eye looks pretty nice. Could it be instead of these uh, solid pavers, could it be something more permeable or would you keep that in mind as you design that?
1: Um, I'm open to a conversation as to something that would, uh, one of the, as that's all concrete walkway back there right now and concrete under uh, in the back, we were, the idea of the paver was to add a more permeable surface, Uh, but if there's, uh, you know, a system that could be put in place um, that still, like you said, keeps the integrity of the patio, uh, but is more permeable, open to that conversation as well.
7: Okay. It seems like that would be nice. I think uh, Clice had mentioned the, the open space. Um, and I think that would be a, a benefit to the property to find a way to do that. Those are my only comments. It looks, looks real good.
1: Wait,
8: if I might just sort of add that information on there, there are pavers and there are permeable pavers. And so as you're going forward with that, if you get a landscape designer, just keep that in mind that just because it's a paver doesn't mean that it's permeable.
0: Right. And we, have, we've, Talked a little bit about it. Um, Just, uh, uh, I think it was this morning. I don't know, it feels like a long time ago, but um, we we need to make sure we maintain uh, ADA access. So it might be a combination of some permeable pavers and some non, or like what goes on in the substrate, but uh, definitely a a desire to drain what we can uh, using permeable pavers where we can. And we may extend that out to the, I, I really like the idea of extending that out to the other three doors or to the, to the doors and kind of using that to tie everything together.
2: All right. Uh, a question, Alicia, for you. Is there, does this project, um, does it fall under the, uh, the city's solar ordinance at all?
8: Uh, we believe that it does. Um, that it requires uh, 50% of the roof to uh, have solar panels. I'd have to review the details of that, but basically it, the first requirement is that it um, has a solar assessment that is then submitted to the Director of Energy and Environment, which happens to be myself, um, and that solar assessment would inform us whether or not solar panels are practical as designed um, building code requires that the um, the roof be solar ready so that the structure be strong enough to support solar panels. Um, the question about whether or not the shading is appropriate, the location is appropriate would come through with a, an assessment and any solar company, I believe, could do would do a solar assessment for free in the hopes that you would then hire them to put the solar panels on.
2: Oops. Have you guys looked at that at all, or is this uh, sort of a new issue?
8: We actually have not had a building permitted since we passed that. It was actually only passed last Halloween. um, And so we haven't actually had, or it was signed last
5: Halloween,
8: um, a building go fully through the permitting process um, since then. Um, From start to finish, usually a building that's large enough to fall under that ordinance takes a long time um, to be permitted. Uh, So actually, we haven't had one come through yet. Is that what you were asking?
2: I I guess I was actually asking the proponent whether they had considered solar at all and
0: whether they were aware of this. We were. I believe did we speak with you, Alicia, about this at the beginning of it? Like.
8: Uh, yeah, in January.
0: COVID, way back in, in Pre- the normal days. we
8: discussed.
0: In the normal days, yeah. We did talk about it a little bit um, and are looking forward to working through that with you. Okay, so, great. Right. Um. I had one question about the signs coming in and out of the driveway.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, like, how big are they and how do they work? Do you know? Or, like, how... Uh, where- Least
0: I am. I'm learning uh, how they work and and what their sign what the kind of uh, What is considered safe sizes are, I believe. If I can uh, Maybe I can zoom in on these to get the dimensions. These are um, Where we are discovering what is considered safe. It looks like these are being drawn right now at 18 inches by 14 inches. So, kind of a pedestrian scale, but not um, uh, not a very large. Now, we don't know if that's the completely appropriate, but that's what we've been looking at with our civil engineers. That, that's what seems like the appropriate um, uh, kind of common size, and we don't we can work with with whatever recommendations to identify what is really appropriate for this particular space. And those signs would be
2: motion activated. Yeah,
9: if I could, um, Jeff Dirk is on the call, uh, our traffic engineer, he may be able to provide a little more information in that regard. If you still have questions concerning that How they operate.
10: They um, will be, I could offer they will be sensor operated. So yeah, motion or sensor, but they're going to pick up whether a vehicle is entering. So there'll be a, just like your garage door has those light beams. It's, it's pretty much operates on the same principle or there could be...
11: Or anything in the pavement.
10: Or in the pavement, exactly. The variations that we've shown here are basically UCD LED signs um, that are there, which, you know, are, are less obtrusive, I would say. The lower sign is a version where it's a backlit sign. So the, it basically blanks out in, under either situation, but in the lower version... You know, the signs there, when it detects a vehicle, light bulbs are behind the sign that turn on to illuminate the sign itself. So it's just a variation on the types of signs that could be used, but they all operate the same way.
3: And would they be maintained by the homeowners association or something like that, I would assume?
9: Yes, that that would be part of the, the association requirement that they maintain those.
3: Thanks.
2: Right. Thank you. Um, there is a representative from the historical commission. So I just want to give, uh, give them the chance to speak briefly if they they feel they have something to add to the conversation. Uh, Peter Miller, I believe is is here. I just want to give him the chance to speak as is uh, Doug Carr. Oop, you're still muted, Peter. Alicia, can you, or Annie, can you unmute Peter?
8: I just clicked on him, so now he can unmute. There you go.
5: Okay, un- now can you hear me? Yes, we can now. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to reiterate some of the other comments. Uh, great step forward. Um, we did uh, have a few more comments about the facade, maybe the durability of the fiber cement. We weren't we weren't saying we had to have metal but we like the direction that the facade's going with the kind of three groups of three windows and uh, just some questions about the articulation on the third floor should probably reflect what's going on on the fourth floor so that detail carries down um and uh so similar concerns about the storefront the drawings are a little bit vague so we just kind of wanted to have a little more specificity on you know what the materials are how they actually fit together um you know where the real control what the control joints really are it's some some issues like that but we thought it was a great step forward from from the previous uh iteration i don't know doug you have anything more to add on that
2: uh, mr miller just a question about your process so are you still Uh, It sounds like you're still in dialogue with the proponent.
5: Well, um, when they sent us the renderings, um, which are pretty much what you saw tonight, uh, we did kind of throw those around amongst the commissioners, uh, the architects on on our commission. And um, we came up with some comments. So we sent another round of comments to... um, to the architect. Um, and so the the current drawings don't really reflect that yet, but it's in process, yeah. So I guess you could say it's an ongoing dialogue, which we're happy to keep going I, I, if, if, if uh, people want us to. So, yeah.
9: I believe that the applicant is certainly open to that moving
0: forward. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah.
5: yeah.
10: If I could add, the um, I, I think this is great progress. I think um, both Eric uh, and the owner there have been, and Paul have done a great job to work with us. I think what's really needed is to take all these comments from ourselves and also the board and do a summary kind of final elevation, final model to show that gray, to show some of the details we talked about, to show that the, return, the gray is going to return a certain distance on the sides and then become a different material. And obviously, the details at the, at the storefront and the retail. I think we're all on the same page. We're all on a path of success here. It's just, it just needs to be tightened up a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Great. Right. So I guess my question is, and maybe, Annie, you can uh, unmute and, and respond to this a little bit. Um, do, should we, uh, should we put all this together? I am not. what's the timeline with the ZBA?
9: Presently, we have a, a date next week for the, the ZBA. Uh, their, their, are, their September meeting is, is next week. Um, and we'd like to hit that date only because of, you know, the time to get the decision and then construction is only a certain amount of time uh, before we hit the dead of winter that's gonna kind of stop things in its tracks.
2: Just, I'm just wondering how the design issues are gonna be nailed down before you go into the ZBA.
9: Um, I mean, we're willing to continue to work with, with the staff and the, and the board on those issues, but you know, we still have a long way to go in terms of approval. Um, you know, In addition to the special permit, uh, there are variances that, that we need to um, obtain. In this regard to move the project forward. Um, and then, you know, there's a decision that has to be written, which generally takes 30 to 60 days. So, you know, what we'd like to come out of here was with a recommendation. Um, we have made strides in terms of design, no one's trying to um, to move the board out of that process, and we're more than willing to work that way. It's it's just that to keep going through these iterations without knowing at the end of the day when we're going to get the variances or if we will um, create some issues for the applicant.
8: It, this is one of the um, difficulties with how our process currently works is that they need to get a number of zoning variances. Um, the zoning board will, will say, did this board approve it or not? Uh, they're not going to look at the, the design in detail, like the, the colors and the facade and all. Um, I did hear from our city engineer that he is comfortable with this moving forward to the zoning board. Um, he's not on the call, but we texted to make sure we had that from him because we don't have an updated letter.
2: Okay, well, I think uh, it's up to the board whether we want to try to put together a motion here to to vote on. Sounds like we, if we were to do that, we would have a series of conditions. Um, we'd be making a recommendation of approval to the. Zoning Board of Appeals for Special Permit Site Plan Review with conditions. Uh, Conditions, I know that Annie put some together based on our comments from last time. And let me read those right now. One, snow shall be removed from the parking area and drive once accumulation negatively affects use of parking area. Two, Preparation and approval by the Medford Police Department and Traffic Commission of a Construction Traffic Management Plan. The plan should include delivery of construction materials during off-peak hours. Three, provide for safe pedestrian access along Salem Street on the north side throughout the construction period. Four, consider use of the parking area for longer-term parking to reduce the number of potential pedestrian conflicts from the enter and exit drive. I think that has been addressed. Five, comply with recommendations from the following department heads and letters addressed to Chairman Scott Carman. Uh, that's Fire Chief uh, uh City Engineer McGivern, and uh, I think the uh, Public Health Director Marianne O'Connor. Uh, and I haven't heard any issues from the proponent with uh, complying with those department head letters. So I'm assuming we are good there. That, that's would, correct, and we have okay. incorporated
9: some in, most of them into the plan at this point.
2: And then I would uh, add a few conditions that we discussed tonight, including the extension of the the permeable paver area to the rear uh, doorways, um, internal access to the the trash r- room. Um, and I would like to, uh, well, would the proponent be okay then with also uh, adding the,
1: the rear balconies? Yes, uh, absolutely on the rear balconies. I think that's a great asset. Right. The only thing
9: I would say in that regard to the extent that there's any issue with setbacks, because the multifamily units on two floors, two through four, create a whole other set of dimensional requirements that we're going to need relief from, so as long as we can work within the context of what what we have now in terms of um, the request for relief that we're, we're looking for and I don't anticipate any issues, but without seeing what the design is it's kind of hard to say whether they create any further zoning issues for the project
1: and I can put together a spec pretty quickly to um, so we can review that and ahead of you know any um, Decision that would need to be made, but to the degree, to the scale of what they would actually be, a, I don't think it would create a problem. But you would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe we can just
2: say to the extent feasible, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I would like to put some language in there to make sure that the uh, the design piece is continues moving forward um, and. Rather than us try to micromanage that, I would maybe uh, like to refer to. Um, uh, I guess I don't know if it's approval by the historic commission or if it's uh, uh, you know adopting the, the recommendations of the historic commission.
8: Could we say that they continue to work? with the historic commission on the historic aspects of the building? I don't know how to enforce it if they next week say, no, we're not doing that anymore. Um, But if the historic board came back and said, they are refusing to talk to us anymore, it would be as if they had gone against any other one of the conditions that the board has put, puts on a project
2: well does the historic commission uh, there's no real is there any further process that you guys need to take as a commission
10: no i think it's i think it's just um seeing a final design that reflects all the comments we've heard tonight that's really all we need
2: okay so maybe we could um
1: If you guys, if you don't, if I'm able to speak too, if you guys want to put some language in there that, um, you know, adds a comfort level, um, you know, on your guys end, I completely understand that too. And I just would like to speak to the, to the fact that I would operate in good faith and I really do think we're all on track to the same end result, something that we all really, really do think would be a great, great fit for the square and seem to be close um, and happy to continue the conversation and get to a get to a place where, you know, in the time that we have going forward, get to a place that we're all very happy with the end result. Right. Well,
2: Annie, is there a way of doing this where we basically, I, I know that, you know, we can work on the language and maybe um, try to tweak that, you know, this week where we can uh, incorporate with more detail, like uh, what we've heard from the board members as well as the Historic Commission?
6: Yes, we, we will need to turn this around fairly quickly if, if um, your the ZBA meeting is next week, but we could turn that around um, tomorrow and Friday.
2: Right. So maybe saying something along the lines of um, you know adopting the design recommendations as discussed uh, at the you know, September sixteenth, uh, community development board meeting uh, to the, you know, resolve to the satisfaction of the board and the historic commission. Would that be acceptable?
9: That's acceptable,
10: That's acceptable. to me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Great.
2: All right, and my uh, board members, am I missing anything that we discussed? Oh, there is also the uh I think the the dog pad we talked about.
1: Oh, yep, is that That wasn't in here, right?
2: In the rear uh in the parking area. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep.
11: Mm-hmm.
9: That, that That's acceptable.
2: okay? Oh, you know, the final thing that I, I hadn't mentioned that I was I was curious about is it looks like the internal hallway doesn't have any windows. Am I reading that correctly, because I, if, if not, it seems like there should be a window in that hallway.
0: I did notice it that the, does not, it currently does not have a window. Um, because it ends in stairs at either side and has units on both ends of it. We've tried to minimize its overall size. Um, currently does not have a window. We could, I mean, we can punch them into the stairs on either either side, which we have not done, but the core itself is separated from the stairs by fire-rated doors. Um, That's not any kind of requirement. So. So we could we can incorporate, we could incorporate one, if that was a requirement.
2: class right, I think, did you just say it's not any kind of requirement, right?
4: No, I wouldn't say it's typical. No. Okay.
2: Um, I wasn't sure. It looked like on one end, it was not, the stairway was not exactly at the terminus. So it seemed like there was an opportunity to put at the end of the hallway a window, yeah. but... Uh,
0: no, you're you're right. On the second and third floor, we could if that was a requirement.
4: Yeah, I, I think I uh, think why don't you just look at it and see if it makes yeah. sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we could just put some, uh, craft some language along the lines of um, you know incorporate natural light into the hallway where um, feasible. Great. Okay, I think that. I think that covers everything. Am I missing, missing anything, anybody? So, uh, is there a motion on the floor to uh, recommend uh, Special Permit Site Plan Review approval to the ZBA um, with the conditions that we just articulated? And I don't think we have to repeat them all.
3: I'll make that motion, Andre.
2: Okay. Thank you, Katie. Is there a second? I'll second. Thanks, uh, Roll call vote. Katie McHugh.
3: Aye.
2: Deanna Peabody. Aye. David Blumberg. Aye. Kles Andresen. Aye. Christy Dowd. Aye. Jackie Furtado.
3: Aye.
2: And I'm an aye as well, so unanimous decision. Uh, of in favor, recommending to the ZBA uh, site plan review approval. Perfect.
9: Um, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you
2: for you all work. the work that you did. Re- really appreciate it.
9: Have a good night, folks. Thank,
2: Thank you. you. You too. Take care. All right. The last item on our agenda tonight is the local historic district recommendation to the city council for 16 foster court uh and just to be clear this is not a public hearing nor is there any kind of a uh, permit that we're uh, we're simply making a recommendation to the city council the um there is a uh, language uh in the local ordinances stating that the any historic districts should come before the CD board but it doesn't uh, say that we have to do anything or say anything about it. Uh, So really it's at our discretion, whether or not we we make a recommendation to the City Council and what that recommendation is so At this point, I would Like to uh, to invite Ryan Hayward to present the proposal um, so that in, we can all kind of hear the rationale behind it and, uh, and decide whether we'll make a recommendation or not.
11: Sure, I, um, I have some slides to share just with some history if you guys want to see them. Uh, I can do it verbally, but if you want just some fun history, I'm happy to share that. You just uh, you My other account, which I will see if I can share my screen nope
2: i think that slides would be great but if we could keep the presentation to a minimum i know it's already getting late that would be uh excellent yeah i could i could do that
11: uh so just in short uh we have two historic boards on the the city there's a historic district commission and historic commission the 16 foster court building comes under the demo delay uh we review buildings that are for demolition and we have 18 you know we have a two-step process that we review them and then we have 18 months to uh, have the owners work with us on um, on coming up with a way to mitigate the loss of the building um, possibly perhaps meaning to alter their plans for renovation to include some new designs Um, the owner was unwilling to do that so the historical commission approached the historic district commission about establishing a new local historic district in the city uh we're allowed to do that under Mass General Law 40 C. Um we have to submit the report to Mass Historical and the Planning Board, and you guys are acting planning board. And um, you know, we got good feedback from Mass Historical and uh you know we had a public hearing on it. A lot of people support the district. Uh we, we had a committee of the whole meeting tonight about with the owner and the city council, and it uh seems like city council is leaning towards supporting it, but uh we need to have a site visit, but we're uh Still moving forward with it. Um, the building, in summary, just five quick points. Um, Medford at one point had uh, one quarter of all of the Commonwealth shipbuilders. This building has ties to several shipyard owners. It has ties to the ship carpenters. Um, it has associations with JT Foster, who Foster Court is named after. It is rare in the sense that it is 18, um, <clears throat> built between 1804 and 1814. It's one of three Federal era Cape Cod buildings remaining in the city. Um, that alone puts it in a really elite group of buildings, um, and it just maintains good integrity over its long course of its life. So, you know, using the history as leverage. Um, you know, we tried to work with the owner to at least preserve a portion of the building, but he was unwilling to uh, even entertain any options. He presented a ton of stuff tonight, so at least the dialogue is moving forward still. Um, but what we're looking to do is to have you guys. Um, hopefully support us um, in this district, in other districts um, that are coming up, and we promise that we'll give you guys more time to digest information. I mean, I know it's quick to be able to digest a 100-page report one night, so, and, of course, with larger districts, the report will be bigger, so we want you guys to play a, a bigger and better role. We just, uh, we just want to make sure that we include this one, which is under the, under the deadline now at this point.
2: Uh, Mr. Hayward, you, I think, have been, uh, you have permission to sl- show your slides now. If you're, I think you're a co-host. Uh, let's see. It may take a
11: minute.
2: Yep, it's come up now.
3: Okay,
11: good. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, why the Haskell Cutter House, just to, to show you guys what the building looks like. It's a, a small Cape Cod that um, has uh, undergone a series of changes, but it, uh, its original form is evident. It's a single-story building with rooms underneath the eaves. It's got its center chimney. You know, it's got this little nice Italian bracket that was added in the 1850s. Um, a proposed district mimics the historic lot the lot hasn't changed since 1804 so it's rare that that happens but uh, this building you know the historic district would preserve both the house and the lot together Um, and we're not trying to dissuade development here historic district is really to uh, encourage development that's compatible with the existing buildings And, um, you know, Foster Court being a witness to history, um, Thatcher Magoon is our first shipbuilder in Medford. We have um, Isaac Spray and Galen James, who are his apprentice. They live in this neighborhood, and then J.T. Foster buys out the entire thing. This is a picture just showing you guys um, the last ship built in Medford, the Pilgrim in 1873. So, you know, this building, which is located just below the tree line here, right on the right-hand side, um, you know, was witness to both the comings and the goings of the shipyard era. Of course, Foster Court is a part of the larger shipbuilding landscape. There's something like 900 pre-1900 buildings in East Medford where this building's located. Um, Of them, maybe 500 of them are shipbuilding buildings, and then this one is of the elite elite, just because there's probably less than 10 that are in that window that the building was built. You can just see the 1855 map of Medford. You can just see the density and where 16 Foster Court was. It's kind of an outlier, but it's got all this great history behind it. And we did look at the neighborhood, but you know, the neighborhood has some integrity issues. Um, one of the buildings is gone. The Isaac Sprague House was uh, cut into four pieces and moved to Dedham, Massachusetts. Um, the Joshua Foster House was demolished. There's a few houses that remain uh, duplexes that house the shipbuilding workers, but this really is the, the most um, historic building of all of them. And uh, just Patrick McBoone's yard, Uh, You can see the Foster Court is up here featuring prominently and basically everything surrounded the shipyards. And just that point where I made uh, virtually all traces of the industry have disappeared. For having one quarter of all of the Commonwealth shipbuilders at one time and having built 568 ships, uh, there's only a handful of buildings. I, I count three. Uh, this one with its association with the shipyard owners, another house on Court Street, and then there's a little tiny counting house on Riverside Ave. So uh, we're doing our best to preserve the buildings, basically save them from demolition, um, to continue to partner with various city boards, with the public, uh, with private entities, and just try to make uh, preservation a bigger part of Medford's, um, you know, a a part of Medford's open dialogue uh, with those who are coming here and working with us and you know, of course, I I saw the Salem Street project tonight. I think that's one of the good projects, Um, you know, and I think 16 Foster Court, if uh, we're allowed time uh, to have a dialogue with that owner, will develop into something good. But in the meantime, uh, at this point, the only way to preserve the building is to put it in a historic district, uh, to continue that dialogue, and to uh, hope that the building is safe for future generations, and you know, hopefully we, uh, you know, can continue to work on this and establish other districts and Um, do good things in the city so that's it that's all i got i'm happy to take questions i'm happy to continue dialogue as you need me
2: great thank you mr hayward um just because it's getting late i will uh i won't beat around the bush here and i'll just uh, throw some concerns out there Um, i live literally two blocks away from this property um and uh I loved, I read all of the material that was uh, the packet of materials, like a hundred pages or so. Um, Loved all the, the old maps, the history, um, really enjoy, you know, learning more about this. I want Medford to be able to uh, preserve and promote its history better. But I have to say that this particular house is not very, um, of you wouldn't even notice that aesthetically that it's a historic house if you didn't have all of that information, and so that's one concern that I, that I have um, is what is the you know the value, the long term value of this vis a vis other development that might be moving forward on the site uh, to create housing, uh, and just in terms of fair play you know, creating a a historic district as a property owner, you know, is starting to move forward with something. I am a little concerned about kind of that that as a process issue um, in terms of fair play for a property owner. Um, I would really like to see these historic districts happen, but in a more proactive way as part of a a set of of priorities um, that, you know, the Parcels are identified or properties identified, and then we're taking action before there's, you know, it's development that's uh, in, en route to being proposed. And, you know, the district itself, as you, as you alluded to, has really changed a lot, right? We've, we've lost, I, I would say, um, you know, the most significant uh, historic properties in the neighborhood the, the boatyards, it, the shipyards itself are totally built over. Um, the, kind of the shipbuilders' homes are largely gone. So I guess, you know, I, I want to be supportive. And at the same time, I'm, I'm just a little concerned about, uh, about this. So um, I don't know if you could respond to, to any of those, those points.
11: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I can respond to um, a few of them. First, uh, howdy neighbor, because I am not too far from here uh, as well. So, I mean, I walk by the building a lot. Um, I, you know, as both commissions have said multiple times at multiple meetings, we do want to encourage development in the city so long as it's not at the expense of history. You know, so we, you know, we approach this project as an open dialogue to first at least analyze looking at reusing the building and the homeowner wasn't even willing to do that. Uh, So we were kind of at an impasse because, you know, we're being told by city council that we're not a design review board and we're, you know, so we can't look at the proposed building that's there, you know, unless of course it comes through you guys for site plan review or some sort of other community review where we get a comment period. Um, But also, you know, we have to look at first mitigating, The demo and seeing if there's a way to integrate new design into it and the owner wouldn't even do that so we were kind of stuck where we were not getting any sort of data out of them but we do want to encourage people to have a dialogue with us and to be able to come to us and and explore different options first you know and and not just tell us you know it it can't be done um you know we we definitely uh you know there's three architects on the board there's you know a, a real estate agent and you know, there's a bunch of different people that, that definitely want to use their professional expertise to help guide the, uh, you know, guide the process here. And, um, you know, we, we definitely want to, uh, you know, try to preserve our history and in a way that, that is not at the expense of, you know, stopping the city from moving forward at all.
2: Hey, I see uh, Kles uh will speak and then I'll open it to, I think, Christy Dowd as well.
4: So Ryan, thank you for your presentation. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the fact that this house is for sale for a dollar? And with the, with the uh, caveat that it it gets moved to a suitable site and restored properly.
11: Yeah, I'm, I'm not clear why the owner decided to, uh, list the building for sale and at, at such a late point in the game, perhaps it's uh, to demonstrate that he's making some sort of effort to uh, find somebody to rehabilitate the property. But I, I have not, you know, we were aware that the building went on MLS because uh, we were notified, but um, not by the homeowner. And, you know, we had this we change in that listing were not at our request. What we asked them to do was to. You know over 16 months ago was to at least start by looking at the design and only tonight were we able to get information out of them um you know at, at a city council meeting in front of all the city councilors and not not before our board for to be able to digest and, and talk about and have any sort of dialogue so um i i'm not sure why the owner decided to list that something
4: so, that way so do you have a position on that potential outcome
11: Uh, I mean, I I would be okay with uh, the building moving to a new site. Uh, I actually, um, you know, tossed out the idea of possibly using the open lots across the street for that, or maybe a land swap or something uh, that encourages perhaps a different location for this building or a different location for the proponent's project. But, you know, I haven't explored that deeply because, uh, you know, the onus is on, the builder to present options and for us to give feedback. And we've, we've had none. And even with this, you know, he didn't approach us. He just listed the building. We're definitely not against working with him. We just, you know, are trying to, to, you know, follow through with one of the proposals, you know, and we prioritize this building over the three others that are currently under demo delay. There's other buildings, but they're simply not, to the you know they're important to the city and they certainly rose to the occasion of the demo delay but out of all of them we prioritized this particular building i mean if we had to had multiple buildings under demo delay i think the board would have prioritized this building out of all of them simply for the age alone but then with the history associated with it i think they
4: they definitely would have prioritized this building I mean, I, oh sorry go ahead no i mean i was just going to say like for me i I really appreciate what you've said, Andre. Um, The best possible outcome would, would, for me, would be to move the building to a more appropriate site. Like it's, it's kind of lost there now. I mean, I'm I'm imagining some wonderful situation where it it gets moved to a a prominent site somewhere near the square. So maybe somewhere near the river. I mean, that would be wonderful. Um, Even, even as a, you know, as a historic relic, you know, that just is, is just maintained. I mean, I know that's all high in the sky thinking, but um, I, I just wonder about, you know, a recommendation for us based on considering that, because actually for me, knowing that neighborhood, that seems like a better inc- a better outcome than, than leaving it where it is and preserving it. Because, because frankly, even if, if it's preserved in place, you know, I think what's going to happen is it's going to end up getting like, you know, uh, just anecdotally, let's say it's 800 square feet, it's going to end up getting another 2,000 square feet tacked onto the back of it. and It's going to look like garbage. So anyway, that's makes sense. Uh, Christy, I know you had
2: uh, unmuted before.
6: I may have more questions than I have <laughs> suggestions, but um, my first question to Ryan was, How do you know how much of the original house is intact? You did mention that there had been maybe some um, renovations to it over the years, but I'm just wondering if you know how much of the original remains.
11: Uh, yeah, so I don't want to put a percentage to it, but uh, we did a walkthrough uh, during the Demo delay hearings, um, and based on what I could see, so the mm-hmm. original, maybe 1810, 184, 1810 structure, um, with its original center hearth, and the staircase alignments and you know framing are intact. Then there's a second rear L from you know that's very early. It's probably 1820s um, that went on after that building. Most of those finishes in both the front and the rear um, were probably replaced at some point in the 1860s, 1870s with lath and plaster, but that's all under, you know, that's all under later, I would say, paneling from like the 1960s or 70s. It's been painted. I mean, the building was occupied up until two years ago, um, and, you know, there's examples of other buildings that we've found, you know, several layers of history on, I would say, that the building's probably you know of original you know it's probably 50% there the framing makes up 50% of the building and then the later finishes that are important in their own right probably make up maybe another 25% it's lost its windows and doors there are some original features like that in the house
5: mm-hmm.
11: um but it's been you know it's been modernized over time um but the key thing here that we're really stressing and we've always stressed in the beginning you know we're hoping to preserve you know, the building in the context of a redevelopment, but that wasn't even explored for the homeowner. So, you know, we understand that it needs to change. You know, we saw that tonight a little bit, Um, you know, but there's enough there to warrant integrity um, and to warrant the demo delay.
6: Yeah. I was just curious if you were to put a priority on, I mean, is it, is it more about the architectural features of the home or the history that it represents. And I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but, uh, you know, I so just thinking like in that area, it seems to me a little odd just to, I understand, you know, where, where you're, what you're getting at and what your objectives are, but it seems a little odd to me to just create that as a historic district, that single lot Um, where I think we have to look at where we are in present day and, you know, balance the tension between, you know, historic preservation or, you know, educating our residents about our history and allowing important housing and redevelopment to move forward that is appropriate. So I guess I don't really have any <laughs> answers. I'm just sort of thinking out loud uh, because it is a challenging issue, but you know, I sort of like where place was going about, you know, is there an option to relocate it to a more appropriate location or is there mitigation somehow that can be negotiated with the homeowner to incorporate some historic elements, maybe not the entire house, but, information or a plaque or a history or photographic evidence of the home are something in writing, um, about the history. I don't really have much else to say, but (laughs) I don't know if I, I don't know if I can personally support, uh, just blanketly, um, recommending that that lot be its own historic district
3: considering other factors around housing development
2: uh jackie Portado.
3: i just i'm trying to figure out at one point when this house was for sale um it says it, it was just a building for sale not the land and the option that was mentioned previously by andre and clace is for it to the seller the new owner had to have a lot in which it could could be moved to on um, properly but the 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 previous owner would pay for that, pay for the installation of this house to move. So, at what point did we change from that? Because it was on the, it was on, it was actually listed as such. I don't know if it was 2018, 2019. I don't know if it's the current owner, but at some point, this was a listing for this uh, development. How did we move away from that?
11: It was put on after we moved this process forward, and in the last what 30. 30 days, I'm not sure, but it's definitely, he. It, it's just an offer and he's never presented to us. And it's been listed twice. We, uh, when we gave him the original list of options, we asked him to first pursue reuse of the existing building to demonstrate to us that it was technically infeasible, but instead he just listed the building for sale available for a dollar uh, to see if anybody would want it. I think it was on there for a handful of days. Um, He never provided any documentation that he received offers or received inquiries. Um, You know, there's, you know, there's a ton of uh, miscommunications and no communications here um, that, you know, that, again, our hands are tied. We can't generate that information. We can't help him move forward with the demo delay if none of that information is being provided to us. Um, You know, so we, we, and again, communications broke down where he the homeowner sorry the homeowner just stopped communicating he said that he's not going to entertain any idea any reuse of the existing building or any analysis thereof and now here 16 months later at city council meeting he provided that information to us uh whereas he could have done that 16 months ago and we wouldn't even be here but uh you know we're using the only tool available to us to move the dialogue forward that's that's all
2: So
6: Can I ask another question? Like one of our first, well, one of the first um, board meetings that I attended, didn't we have a proposal before us about building, you know, uh, two houses on one lot? I mean, has that, and one of them was to allow a second home on a lot where it preserves a historic home. I mean, is that something that was discussed with this?
2: Well, it it depends on the zoning, uh, yeah. the zone that it's in. The zoning laws for this area is, is different. Okay. it's just a different district. Um, so there's more uh, dense uh, apartment development allowed in this zone.
11: Gotcha. Yeah, and we we were definitely open to building another single family residence. I mean, it's apartment two zoning, so he can build several units by right. He or he says, or his attorney says. Uh, we're not opposed to that by any means. We definitely are, you know, if he can do it by right and he can provide housing to the city, um, we definitely want that to happen. But, you know, if he, you know, he, he, he continuously says he can't do one thing and, and has no evidence to back it up. So we, we can't make a decision to help him or, you know, to help move the process forward. So we just, we have to look at reusing the existing building at that point um and you know and stick with that i mean th- you know two of the architects that are on the board said that it can be done i mean we know that it requires renovation and repair and you know we talked a lot you know earlier tonight about you know possibly reusing a portion of the building maybe the oldest portion but um you know none of those options have been explored and the owner was unwilling you know in a, in a flat-out letter he just said we're not entertaining any option to reuse this building period so, our hands were tied at that point, so, like I said, this is the only option available to us to move the discussion forward again, we're not trying to hurt the development here we're trying to encourage design that's compatible with the neighborhood that helps the city that gets tax rolls that he makes money on. Um, you know I, there's definitely a balance here that's trying to take place uh, you know and i can I can definitely understand everyone's concerns. And you know, I, I enjoy hearing everyone's point of view because I think it's important that we take it all in and then just try to come to a consensus that works for everybody.
3: As, as has been said uh, earlier, I, I'm not sure that I can even recommend or even uh, provide anything on this situation outside of having, having it transferred. And it sounds like that's not an option with the owner anymore, although it was at one point i wouldn't know how to move forward with this uh to be absolutely honest outside of it
2: transferring so uh just a couple questions ryan the the demolition delay is going to end at the end of october is that correct
11: october 8th
2: okay um and just so everybody on the board understands the City Council actually had a committee of the whole hearing tonight at the same time we were meeting and they had this on their agenda. Which is another, so there wasn't, uh, we don't know like what they discussed and talked about except uh, Ryan, I don't know if you could go into any more detail about if there was anything productive from that conversation.
11: Um, you know, we heard both sides of the story. Um, I gave the presentation on the history of the building and historic districts, um, Ari and the owner and, you know, his team gave the, gave some drawings and some information to city council. Um, there was some public input. And then at the end of the meeting, they elected to do two things. They're going to have a site visit on Monday just to review the building. And on Tuesday they voted to move the paper out of committee to be on the agenda next Tuesday for a vote of approval. Okay.
2: Um. And did the, the property owner give any different indication tonight about uh, being willing to explore creative options?
11: No, his position, um, you know, I, I know I'm coming from the position to try to defend the city, so I'll, I'll try to relate it as best as I can. His position is that, that it's, it's technically unfeasible to renovate this building, and, you know, he provided structural information and drawings and photos uh, and, and we have always understood that, but we, you know, the we're asking we were asking him to be a little bit more creative and come up with some information that would allow us to uh, at least pursue other paths that involve the new building. Um, but he wasn't willing to do that. But he 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 did that tonight, uh, not for us, but for City Council at the presentations, and it was very schematic. But um, you know, I, I his position has not changed that you know, obviously his plan is to either get rid of the building or demolish the building um, rather than try to make any attempt to preserve it. I, I don't think the listing of the building is an act of good faith. I think it's just an act uh, to demonstrate that he's doing something um, to move this process along, perhaps in his favor. But I just, uh, you know, I, I think the, you know, some of the counselors obviously relayed that, you know, we didn't have the time to review any of that information and that he didn't respond to any of our requests you know, for that information in the beginning. So, um, you know, it's just, his position hasn't really changed.
2: Uh, And then the final thing I would say, just brainstorming here, this is, uh, the property is adjacent to LaPree's village, the uh, the affordable housing project that I believe is owned by the city. And is, has there been any conversation uh, about possibly the city purchasing the property? and using some CPA funds for affordable housing and historic preservation to basically do the development itself?
11: Um, No, that's a good idea though. I did broach the idea of perhaps doing a land swap with with the housing authority owning the property across the street that it would give uh, the developer the opportunity to build on on the same square footage and the same, the same lot size it's they're both 13,000 square feet in exchange that the Housing Authority could uh, team up with the Historical Commission and yes get the renovation of the uh, the renovation of the building and perhaps the Housing Authority could use the land at the rear either for public housing or you know they wanted to build a community center I don't know where that stood um, for that village but that was another option um, you know I and, and the big question is, would Ari even sell or, you know, knowing that the delay is looming, um, you know, or could the city afford to uh, purchase that property from him um, to prevent the demolition? I think those are all good ideas. I don't, you know, I, I broached the idea and, you know, it, it seemed, you know, I was told to ask the question, so it's working through, but you know, those are complicated matters. I mean, that would, that would definitely take some time, but you know, I, I think if the city, could acquire that land. I think they definitely could and should do something with it, um, even adding it to the La Crosse village. I think that's, you know, that might be nifty. Um, plus, it's near the schools. I mean, it has, you know, we could use the building for something, you know, maybe it's used for the village sometimes, and maybe it's used for students for teaching about the uh, history, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, right now, I'm just focused on even getting the building standing to hopefully be able to continue that dialogue at this point.
2: So, you know, it's really, it's a tough call, I think, for us coming in last minute to weigh in on on something like this, which is, uh, it's it's a challenge, I think. Um, So I guess I'll throw it back to all of you board members. Um, Do you have strong feelings one way or the other? Uh, We are not required to make a recommendation, so we could do, uh, I think, what I'll call the the CLESS solution of making no recommendation is also a possibility. Um, What is the will of the Board?
3: I'm, I'm hugely conflicted. Um, preservation of any uh, property is always a great thing, but it can have neg- negative consequences later. Taking something out of um, stock for the use of all, um, I'm, not, I'm just not in a position where I feel as though myself as a board member should even rule on this um, as, as put forth. Um, only, Again, I'm all for preservation but at the same time, taking something offline and hindering use from others. I I have a huge problem with that too. So so.
4: Uh, Andre, just to be clear, are we able to say that we don't have a recommendation?
2: Yes, that's my understanding. And that Annie or Alicia, you can feel free to weigh in on that. Yeah, you
6: guys can can make a recommendation.
4: Can I make a motion?
2: There you are, you can make a motion.
4: I, I make a motion that we uh, do not make a recommendation on this, but encourage the rethinking of this project in, in uh, different ways and in, in, in an active dialogue with the owner. Does that, does that work?
2: Let me see if we can. So I think there's there's a motion to make no recommendation on the historic district, which is the specific piece in front of us, but to encourage
4: the preservation of this building, either on this site or a different site.
2: So say to encourage uh the parties involved to pursue preservation of this historic structure. The historic structure on this site or another site.
7: Andre, this is Dave. I'll I'll second that.
2: Okay, we have a motion. We have a second. Any comments before we move to a roll call? All right. Then we move to a roll call uh kles andreason hi david blumberg hi deanna Peabody. hi katie McHugh,
3: hi
2: Christy dowd hi jackie furtado hi and i'm an i as well so thank you uh and you know i realize that you you guys have done a ton of work on this and um you know, good luck fighting, fighting the fight. Um, there's any creative brainstorming ideas we can we can help out with informally, I think their members would be happy to do that. Uh, it's, uh, we'll see. I think the city council will probably make a decision um, regardless of what our recommendation is.
11: Yeah, we, we definitely want you guys to play, you know, a bigger role. We just, you know, uh, some things came up and, and, it, you know, we're just working through the channels here, but there, you know, there are other districts in the works. There's one for the full length of forestry that we definitely want you guys to review and have time to give us feedback so that we can, you know, work with the homeowners and the owners there um, and, you know, have something that perhaps is a little bit less um, contentious on both sides. You know, we have the support of owners and renters and neighbors there, so that would be a little bit better You know, you guys definitely play an important role in our city. So we want you guys to have your feedback in the more minds that the more minds, the merrier.
2: Great. Thank you. And we're, you know, I think we're trying to uh, move in a direction where we can function more as a proactive planning board. So I think we'll be doing more of that over the next few months and would love to work with uh, uh, with both of the the commissions, the historic district commission, as well as the historic commission on um, trying to identify our you know, priority historic assets in the city and how we can incorporate that into, uh, you know, the preservation plan while we grow.
11: Yeah, one of the things that the
2: um, Council and Marks offered for a B paper tonight was to um,
11: uh, analyze the funding for a community-wide preservation plan. So I think that that uh, that would definitely help. And if we did, you know, we can use the survey work that we do to you know, preserve to at least analyze the properties and use all the good data that we've gotten over the last decade to help you guys plan and give you all this good information that's out there too. So. Yeah.
2: And I think there are maybe other ways to, you know, regardless of the outcome on this particular property, I think the, the shipyard history is very important and interesting. And I think there could be some, you know, we've lost a lot of stuff, unfortunately, but there could be some interesting ways of, of celebrating that history so that more people in the city will uh, will know it.
11: Great, sounds good.
2: Well, best of luck. Good luck. Thank
11: you. Thank you all. I'm sure we'll all be right. in touch again.
2: Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. So board members, I think we've come to the end of our agenda. We just need to set um, dates for our next meeting. And what I'd like to do is See if we could. I think Deanna said that she had a preference for September 30th between September 30th and October 1st. So, if that does anybody anybody know that they can't make September 30th? Okay, great. So let's we'll go ahead and set September 30th as the next date, and then after that, let's try to look ahead a little bit. And I think Annie and I were talking about. just two weeks, every two weeks after that, for the next few weeks. So October 14th and October 28th. So those will both be Wednesdays um, at 6 p.m. Any conflicts that you guys know about right now on those dates?
6: And we may not need all of those, um, and we can be in touch about um, canceling them if, if there aren't enough agenda items. But I, we wanted to give you guys an opportunity to to do some items that were not as uh, as statutorily required and as some of the development review we've been doing. So ideas are welcome.
8: Right. right. So the comprehensive plan is going to get advertised next Wednesday and therefore released. And then I think we're setting October 23rd as the date that RFPs are due back. Um, and as I had mentioned in email that we could um, look at doing design design review settings. Yep. Sorry, I said it correctly in, in the email. Okay. Design, guidelines, design guidelines. Thank you. Yeah. Design yeah. guidelines. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that would be a good um, a good discussion point, even, even if it's not to the level of design guidelines. I think we had talked in the past about, you know, there are certain comments that we time and again talk to developers about. So like what it, it, I think it's, Articulating what we expect from developers in terms of presentation materials would be one thing. And then also, what's our checklist in terms of things that we continue to go down, right? Like, so it's, you know, trash removal, bike parking, blah, 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 all those things.
8: In preparation for a meeting like that, we have a checklist that goes out to people when they want to submit to us. Like, here's the requirements, um, and we'll send that out to you, you know, the blank one. And people can start to look at it and we can look at what's codified, what's in our regulations versus ordinances, things that are in our regulations, this board can review. Another thing I'd like to put on the table is that in the ordinance, it says that we would review linkage fees every three years. And we are still operating with the original linkage fees set in 1991, I believe, um, even though it said, and I don't think they've ever been reviewed. So those are some examples of things that if that we'd like to discuss need to be in a public open meeting.
2: Um, so good news is uh, the pipeline going forward looks a lot less, um, and we can be proactive and talk about some things that might be a little bit more interesting for us to to deal with. Um, I'll talk to Annie and Alicia about what some of those items might be. If you have thoughts about things that you would like to. To talk about as a board, uh, send please send those to me or the uh, CD staff. And you know, our goal going forward is to really try to limit these meetings to two hours if we can. Great. Well, is there a motion to adjourn?
3: I'll make a motion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. A second. I'll second. Thanks, class. Uh, Roll call vote. Class Andreasen. Aye. David Blumberg. Aye. Deanna Peabody. Aye. Katie McHugh. Aye. Christy Dowd. Aye. Jackie Pertano.
3: Aye.
2: And I'm an aye as well. So thank you. We are adjourned. And uh, see you in two weeks.